Thank you for listening to the Starburns Audio Podcast Network. We have so many great comedy shows to add to your playlist. Just last week on Starburns Audio, on New Player Has Joined, Keith and Jesse talked to Dr. Christopher Hale about getting involved with the Sister District Project. They also discuss fascism and gaming and Echo the Dolphin. On The Boogie Monster, Dave Stone and Kyle Kinane talk about exploration and treasure hunting, the protests, and redefining policing. On Office Hours Live, Tim Heidecker, DJ Doug Pound, and Vic Berger are joined by Thundercat and Z from Black Socialists in America. Listen to this episode to find out how you can help Office Hours raise funds for the Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Search Starburns Audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast platform for a full list of our shows. Featuring hosts like Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, and Amanda Seals. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Starburns Audio. Enjoy the show. And remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep laughing. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 85 of Steve AGO with my guest, the lovely, talented, handsome, multifaceted, foamer himself, John Heater, who's actually still in the room while I'm recording this. I'm foaming. He's foaming at the mouth. This, no, no, will, actually, this will actually make sense about 20 minutes into this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. The only thing I have to plug right now is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 coming out May 5th. Uh, tickets you can already buy online. Um, they're going quick, obviously. I really don't have to tell you guys to go watch it because if you are a fan of that genre, chances are you'll, you're already planning on it. So, uh, if you do go see it, I hope you like it. And, uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, it's one of my longest episodes ever, uh, cause John is such a joy to talk to. And, um, <laughs> uh, that's it. So I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Like I have one of those. I have one of those, nice. and so I just what what does this exactly do? It just re- makes it records <laughs> the audio. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's, yeah. Well, I just assume like our voice. These are microphones. I know what a microphone. But like, yeah, that's, that's I feel thing. like why do you need that if you have a laptop or anything? Are we recording right now? I mean, I just started it. Summer. But um, you want water, coffee, anything? To drink? Uh, water's fine. I, I love water too. And a mouthful of muffins. That sounds great, right, everybody? I can't hear. I mean, normally the podcasts have like, you know, cans to put on and I can hear Not myself. Us, super That's pro. What he's it's for. super pro. That's what. <laughs> um, uh, no, but so what? Yeah, if you don't have 
For the listeners, like, I, John I did is one. pointing at the Zoom <sighs> H6 that we're using. And I'll and I'll see them. I'm like, well, but you could just plug it into a laptop and record on GarageBand or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was gonna say I I personally this, record on this because personal. Uh, uh, this personal. That's Steven that you guys are here. He's our engineer today. Because I don't. Engineer I don't. Steven. Thank you. I I don't trust a laptop to like cr- like my laptop has like crashed before recordings. By so. the way, part of the reason we're here. Yesterday, I recorded a solo episode of my podcast. Just on boring. logic on lo- very boring <laughs> on logic on my uh iMac that I've had for 7 years I actually did it two nights ago and then yesterday morning I woke up to export it to send here to you guys and my computer crashed I just no got way. one of those so weird codes all over the screen and So you're afraid of crashing it that's what it is Yeah just How often just... I feel like people's People are always talking about crashing computers. I've never. <laughs> You've actually, never had a computer crash. No, that's that's a lie. I've never had a computer that crashed, but I've had like hard drives that kind of pooped out. It's the same thing, basically. Well, there's a difference between a hard drive and, and, a, computer? and a computer. Well, the hard drive is what's in the computer. Well, but you're not talking about hard drives crashing. You're probably talking about the RAM or the uh, uh, processing unit. Yeah, I the, actually know some of stuff. <laughs> the motherboard, or the mother. Well, motherboard. If you're talking PCs, but we're doing name as right many now. parts of a computer as the USB I'm done. and I'm the, done. the CD drive. The CD drive. You know the DVD drive. <laughs> uh, the optical drive. My first computer. Uh, I had a separate DVD drive that I had to plug into the computer oh, so I could burn music. That's what they do now. That's what I have because the new, I mean. They don't have seat drives anymore. Because they're trying to poop out all hardware and all physical yeah. like stuff. They want you downloading everything. So now if I want to burn a DVD or anything, yeah. I have to like the have new Mac. Like drive. I don't know about the MacBooks, but like the MacBook Air. Yeah. Like the really light version. They haven't had they drives have in nothing. ages. Yeah. They have nothing on They don't them. even have like. I remember, like, they didn't even have USB ports or anything, so you had to do everything kind of wirelessly. Yeah, you know, I don't mind that. I like wireless. I've now just got my TV set up with Apple TV, and it doesn't have to be near the a plug or anything. It's the best. Oh my god, I got rid of cable. All I have is internet and Apple TV. Yeah. All you need is that all those apps, Netflix, Hulu. Yeah, it's all there. HBO. Go. I've been living off of. I've been living off the grid. Have you? Uh, and by the grid, I mean no, no live TV. <laughs> um, I, I, I have been living ago. off the grid pretty much. Um, but yeah, I've been doing the no TV thing. I mean, everybody, you every oh God, every conversation great. you have with someone, it's always about yeah. Oh, we don't have TV anymore, but you do. You have a you have television, TV. and you have. Basically, all the TV you want on you all those streaming network feeds anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. I I stopped about a year ago. I got rid of, and that was a chore. Calling the cable company to say I want to cancel my cable <laughs> took an hour. They just they don't. They're trying lose to go. You. Well, what about this? What if we? Yeah. What if? What about this deal? What if? I'm like, I, I think just I want, remember that conversation. Yeah, I just want internet. That's all I need. Yeah, but what if I could get you? They're like the woman was like, "Well, when you did have cable, what shows did you like?" And I was like, "I don't know, you know, like Walking Dead." Or she's like, "What if we give you this with you can still have AMC?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> do you know I'm calling no, you I, to don't talk to me back before don't. you know it. You end up with more packages than before. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, wait a second, 
They sold me Watch a new house. Flip that. We have a house for you that comes with cable. I don't miss it at all. I mean, every now and then, you know, there's some like a live TV event. But you I'm know like, what's I even crazier now is like on we had in our it, technology is so incredibly fast. And especially in this world of streaming digital content. Yeah. So for and th- we've done this for probably three years now where we haven't had cable. Yeah. But we did go out and buy those rabbit ears, whereas with the digital output. So you can yeah. actually put it into your TV and you can still get like digital live just the is local live channels you can if you have the right setup like in our new place we can't i don't know if it's where we live uh-huh. but in our old one yeah we had live tv it was just the local stations yeah like we nbc could get abc yeah and- it was great and so if we wanted to have some of just live news playing in the background whatever oh my god but now and then last year we found on on our ps4 that's the playstation 4 um john's sponsored by them he has yeah. to mention every podcast they had they had an app <laughs> that plays live tv it's called like playstation view i know there's a full-on commercial i didn't but know that. they had like basically most a lot of stations a lot of stations it was live and yeah. you could like and it kind of worked like a dvr you could record shows it was what? weird but it worked through the ps4 and here's what's better and now you can get the ps4 app on your apple tv so now we don't even use the the PS4 for that anymore. And on our Apple TV, we have so Hulu confused. and Netflix. Yeah, and then we can go to PlayStation too. View, and it has live TV, and that's how I watch. But you can't play no games joke, through the app. My Walking Dead. That's how I watch. But you my can't life. play games through the app, right? No, not through. No, no, no. It's, it has nothing to do with the gaming. It's just oh my god, a live TV app they have. So oh my god, now I they're coming it. back to like. Again, you don't have to have live TV, but it's just, it's all about apps. You have your Hulu app. You have your, she's, I swear I've dropped those names like 10 times. I'm going to stop. We know who the sponsors are for this show. I wish. Uh, Are you, are you, are you gaming? Do you play? I, I, I am now, I can call myself, I, yeah, I can call myself a pretty, not a hardcore gamer yet. I'm not to that level, Mm -hmm. but years like, Pretty much from my, you know, mid to late twenties up until like a year or so ago, uh-huh. I was a casual gamer. Yeah. I, I loved getting online with buddies yep. and playing yep. Halo and yeah, you know, yeah. kind of like whatever. And we would do that and before we all had kids and stuff. And then obviously as you know, yeah. people started having more kids and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then it got tougher. But I would always my brothers and my friends were always a little bit more advanced, or at least they played a lot more than me. Yeah, yeah. And so I would take their recommendations. Sure. And they played everything. So that's what I do. They yeah. would give the best of the best. So I knew I was getting a hundred percent great gaming uh, quality time. Yeah. Because I was only getting the best of the best <laughs> recommendations. But I'd only play like one game a year. You know, I. I and that's these good. were the non-multiplayer games. Yeah. It was like. Uh, Red Dead Redemption or nice. Bioshock games oh, or Bioshock, one yeah. of my favorites. It is Bioshock. Infinite, Are you playing anything right now? Well, I'll tell you that. Mass I'm Effect? catching you up. I never did. I oh, never got into Mass, Mass Effect. Effect. Probably my favorite. I I have yet. This is what's holding me back from become a full on gamer. Yeah, I've yet to really step into the world of those um, bigger RPG type games. Yeah, where you the expanded making world. so many choices. I mean, I I'm almost there. 
And I maybe one of these days, my, my my twin is constantly bugging me. Like, you haven't played Skyrim? I was like, I'm, uh, I'm so Skyrim sick of- ruined me, like in a good way. No, well, in a good way, like, but also it. that was like six months of my life where <laughs> yeah. I, unless I had work, which you know, as an actor, you don't always have work. No, no. So I had a and lot. Sometimes of Sometimes you don't have it because of these games. Yeah. So unless I was at an audition or something, I would, and I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, so I would just play Skyrim for, I could easily play for 12 hours. Yeah. And that kind of bothered me. And then I I was playing, and I'd been playing for like hundreds of hours, and then there was a glitch in the game, and... I couldn't get past the glitch. Like there was a glitch. Yeah, That's... a glitch developed in my game where it would skip. Like everything would just kind of like, and the the dragons would be flying backwards, but what? skipping, and like I couldn't kill no, them. That was a spell. I think that was no, no. It was it was it was software, and um, <laughs> you know, I think not long after they they, they put s- in an update that fixed it, but. By that time, thank God, I used it to get out. I was like, I, "This is unbearable." So you never me. finished it. Oh never finished There's the game. Probably so many nerds who are like, "Dude, you don't." Know. And then, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have a group of friends that I would play online with different games, and I use them as my like, "Oh, you got to play this." Yeah, yeah, they were my filter, and so that's really what I did. And then yeah. about a year and a half ago, I got, yeah, I guess that's when I. The, the PS4 and dropping yeah. that again. Yeah. But I mean, and I always played, but it was, I had just bought it. Yeah. And I, and it was also right at the time when my son was starting, kind of just hitting that point where now he can actually kind of play with me. Yeah. And because of that, and my wife, it doesn't help my wife likes to play games too. So uh, yeah. really we suddenly since then has been like heart. So there's always something I have. I'm always playing something, whether it be, you know, some, but I, the problem is I have all three. I have the Wii U. I have the, uh, I have all the Xbox. consoles, Xbox and the, and the PS4. Mario Kart. Did you get into Mario Kart? Mario Kart's one of my most hardcore games. Like, oh my God. Mario Kart has always been there. Like I've been, a, uh, my brothers and I always called ourselves Nintendo loyalists. Yeah. Cause you know, from the beginning it's and the we'd best. always hold, held on to them. Mario sure. Kart is definitely by far. I'm sure many other people, but I still feel that way. Like there's a part of me that's like, no, yeah. no, no, really, I actually am probably the best Mario Kart driver. Which- Certain games make me motion sick. Sometimes Mario Kart does, but I love Mario Kart so much that I keep playing, even though I will be super nauseous. Oh, really? But I will just fucking keep I think playing. the one thing that Mario Kart does for me, and this is a little bit of an honest bomb I'm dropping, but mm-hmm. he, like... I'm pretty I'm pretty good about like, you know, I don't I don't swear, I don't cuss. Mm-hmm. I, I I try I'm a pretty mild man or whatever. Yeah. But when I play Mario Kart with my brothers and my friends, that's Do you curse? That is the only time you ever and so I I shut all the doors. Yeah. I don't let anybody <laughs> Kids, or anything else. Kids get out of the room. Daddy's. It's been play. a while since we've had those sessions. Again, we have our our online and group buddy playing has kind of slowed down. Yeah. But oh my gosh, we would just Mario Kart really pulls the inner like evil out of you. And, yeah, and it's just you get so pissed. It's really, it's competitive. So what's really the, competitive. What's the new gaming 
console thing that came out. That this Nintendo Switch just Switch. Came out. Yeah. Now I haven't gotten that yet. I'll pr- I'll, I'm sure they're hard I'll get to get. It. Pro- it's probably hard to. Get. I know some people at Nintendo. You know um, people. Uh, no, but uh, I got. So you asked, what's the game I'm playing right now? Hardcore right now is the new Zelda game, though. Oh we yeah. We got it for the Wii U. Sure. And I can see Chris perking up over there. He's probably like Steven. Like, Steven. <laughs> oh my gosh. You look like a Chris, though. Chris is in Steven's other hand. Oh crap. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I could, I could just tell that he probably. Loves can I tell it. you something? What? Beginning of 2006, end of like right around New Year's 2015, going into 2016, I unplugged my Xbox, and I've not played a video game in a year and whatever that's good three that's or four awesome. months i've gotten a lot more done and the last that's thing strange. that did it last two games that did it to me were destiny i was just playing yeah. way too much destiny that's and mostly then, online playing right yeah are you playing against like friends or yeah strangers? i have friends that like in austin texas yeah. you know um and then friends here in burbank friends who like live walking distance from yeah, me and yeah. we are still just on our little headsets. Um, But yeah, it was destiny. And then I, I managed to stop destiny and then uh, it was, uh, Oh my God. Was it a metal gear? Metal gear solid. I think there was a new metal gear solid. I think that's what it was. It came out and that was one where I didn't have to play online with people. I could just play against the computer. Yeah. It's like, you know, stealth, sniper. I love yeah. any game where I can use a sniper rifle. Yeah. I get really nervous when I have to do hand-to-hand fighting. I'm bad at that shit. I just played a game where I was... Uh, I, I can't keep... This oh. is sick. Like, I can't keep track of the last... I'm hardcore into Zelda right now, but right yeah. before... Oh, Zelda. oh, I played uh, Far Cry. Ever heard of those uh-huh. games? Yeah. I was really into Far Cry 4. Like... Yeah. And that's where I was like, you got to play, you know, all I the love different a guns. sniper rifle. Oh. A sniper, yeah. It's but, so um, satisfying. But that, that was what did it for me. That's great. No, I think that's, I experienced a small bit of that where we all have our vices and things that we try to like, okay, I'm just got to quit this. But I have strongly considered starting to get back into gaming <laughs> with because of Zelda. Oh, really? I really Are you a Zelda guy? Yeah, I love Zelda. I feel like you have to be a Zelda person. Like you can't sure. Just uh, Zelda and uh, the, there's a, a new Destiny coming out again. Yeah. Zelda is, I'll warn you right now, it's huge. Yeah, and good. everybody kept saying that. I was like, "Yeah," and I just never really believed it. And we are like probably three, four weeks in, and we still are probably like maybe two thirds through the game. Like, that's I don't really know that's, daunting. I don't know if that's on, but like, just to put it in scope, we probably play every night. You know, if at least an hour. or so. You also just had a, a, another kid, you and your yeah, wife, yeah. so you're you're kind of she home, really gets in the way. You're kind of homebound. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. It's really daunting on those games where you can check and see how much of the game you've completed. Oh, I don't. Where it's do like, that. I don't oh, do you've that. completed four percent. You're like, I've been playing for three <laughs> months. What the hell is going on? Three months. That's I think those Skyrim and Mass Effect games. I feel those like are those like are the ones. All my friends say they love it, but they're like, oh my gosh, you can log easily, like hundreds, hundreds of hours. I'm like, I don't. Liam Lynch is the one that got me into uh, the Mass Effect games, and it just yeah f- destroyed so me. So you mentioned it. Are you going to play it? Are you excited for that one? Have you played the others? Uh, 
I'm at a point right now where I don't feel the pressure to buy it yet That's or good. start playing again. Um, but I've had so much downtime. When I bought the PS4, it's because of like the marketplace. You know, you can go on and download. It's so much about yeah. just downloading these. And a lot of these yeah. games I play are like a lot of the indie games. I love indie games. Ones that you yeah. download, you can play in like one or oh two Oh my nights. God. Yep. The ones that are very narrative driven. Yep. Like I love story driven stuff. So I, yep. I, I've found myself playing a lot less just online, you know, shooter first person, which I used to be yep. all about. And now I love these narrative driven like and the side, almost to the, the point side of scroller movies. games too. Yeah. Side scroll a lot of them so many of these games are just they're they're like movies. You're watching it. There was I, a game that I really got into like that. I think it was like one of those just little independent dumb puzzle games where you're bread? running through and it was called like Blockbuster or Brickbuster or hmm. something. Oh my god, it was uh I don't know. Yeah. They can be really I mean addictive. Um that's what I had to do with my online Yahtzee app. Online Yahtzee. Do, are you into phone games too? No, I, that those are the ones that get actually more dangerous for me. I, I say dangerous. Like I was admittedly, you know, I was big into Candy Crush for a while. Oh. Like everybody. And then, and it was a short lived while. It was yep. a couple of years ago. And I finally just said, you know what? It's come the new year. I'm deleting it from my phone, and I did, yeah. and I haven't turned back. Same thing with Yahtzee. I was like, just addicted Yahtzee. to it. It was, it was those stupid because you have your phone with you everywhere, and when you're like taking a dump or you're yeah. just anywhere and at a restaurant, yeah, just like you have a few seconds, you're like, let me roll these dice. Right I was that way with let words, me hurry up and get my friends. fours. Yeah, I mean any of those, and so I don't play a lot of phone games now because, and I did the same thing with Yahtzee. I delete the first of the year, I deleted it. I haven't looked back. So I'm uh, proud I, of myself for that stuff. I started playing a game called Cookie Collector 2 <laughs> because I heard Dan Harmon mention it on an episode of his podcast. And I was in New York at the time, and I had a bunch of flights coming up. And so I downloaded this game. And it was like six months of I couldn't stop playing it. And it's one of those games where you don't... You can make in-app purchases, like buy more cookies. You try or, not to. And you, you try not to, but... But whenever I'd get a paycheck or something, I'd be like, all right, I got to buy a no couple way. of it. And I was just like, <laughs> I can't. And and I started dating this girl in October, and it was right at the height of my addiction to this game. And like, we'd go to bed at night, and I would wait till she was asleep, and then I would pull my phone out and turn <gasps> and dim the screen as <laughs> dim addiction. as I could that's, do. That's, an that's the definition of an addiction, And then right? just, I would play the game, and she would roll over and go, really? You'd hold your phone up against your chest. I'd put it down on my chest. So yep. she can't see the light. Yep. But she still sees that soft glow around yep. the edges. And, and that's when she And she'd she go, cookie collector. And I'd go, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I finally just deleted it. Just like so, a few days what, ago. She would just say it. That's all she had to do. Would she give you crap or guff? She gave me, she just when we it? first met, before like we were dating, huh? before that's we were dating, it. she would give me crap for it. Like we, I met her on a movie. She was my, she was the makeup artist on this movie, okay. and she, so I would always be playing it in the makeup chair. And she would give me <laughs> so tons of shit. She knew. Okay. She knew. And then once we started dating, after the movie was over, she's like, "All right, things have she's like, change." Really? Come on. <laughs> you're <laughs> it was 40, cute then. You're That's forty-seven why. years old, man. <laughs> Stop. Forty-seven, and I'm playing these games that a 
three-year-old would I be think, into. I also think I just lost interest in some of those because I play more like legit games. Yeah. That I've lost interest in these like stupid little. I don't know. I found myself at least with those. If I delete them, I don't have the itch to go back. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something to you or your listeners. Take that. <laughs> Once <laughs> I deleted saying. the game, the, that's the best part, is getting it off of my phone. Yeah, if I threw if away it, the Xbox and the PS4 and the Wii U, that's my basically what I did. very upset. I took the Xbox <laughs> off of the entertainment center and like put it in a closet. Wow. Um, so I don't even think about it. Yeah. It's not even there. Um, and do you know, I always think about this thing that, do you know Tom Lennon? Yeah. From the state, or for those listening, Tom Lennon was in the state. And now that we're talking about your listeners, <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I remember him. He was on a podcast, and he was talking about how he was a video game addict. Like he used to just all he would do is play videos, like fifteen, wow. eighteen hours a day. That makes me feel so good. He couldn't stop, and this was you know. 15 plus years ago. Oh, that makes me feel worse. And then uh, whoever was interviewing was like, so, you know, what did you, how did you, you know, what, what happened? You're not playing anymore. He's like, he's like, I put, put the Xbox away or PlayStation, whatever it was. He's like, I put it away and I started writing movies. And Tom and his partner, Ben have written like Tons. all the night at the museum yeah, movies. Yeah. Like, They've written tons of they movies. They got busy, like you said, man. That's what I. He goes. Do. I stopped playing video games and started working, and uh, I've had no regrets. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Obviously, yeah. Um, so that was another thing. I was like, maybe I'll. I haven't <laughs> written any movies since I stopped in a year. Well, and I, half, I, I stopped myself. I never played during the day, and I, I'll only play it. And now we're kind of like certain games, like Zelda. My kids like it. Yeah. So now we're kind of like. If we play, it has to be with the kids, and that kind of forces us like it's bedtime, kids. You know, yeah. So that means bedtime for Zelda too. So it, it's taking <laughs> us a little bit. It's kind of taking us a little bit longer to play because we only play a little bit at a time. Uh, so <sighs> it's good, but it's yeah, it's it's a love hate thing because it kind of brings us together. Like the whole family will sit around yeah. playing a game. <laughs> that's and, awesome, though. And then so yeah, I try to see that's the good and. But the bad is, yeah, a lot of times it's like, all right, I don't want it, these boys just used to like. I part of me wants to start playing again, but I'm also, you know, my girlfriend is not into video games at yeah, all, and yeah. I feel like she would be bummed out. <laughs> and also, I get more done yeah. when I'm not playing, so I, I don't really regret it. And um, all right, we've talked for an hour about. Yeah, yeah. We right in there. I it was weird because I was just listening to your podcast on the way down. Which one? The Bruce McCullough one. Oh, I had to pick I love that him one because so I don't. I, we've probably never talked about it. Kids in the Hall is my favorite show of all time. It's one of mine. It's right and up there. And I was so I of course picked that. And it was fascinating. That was a yeah. really great, oh, great interview. Thanks, Steve. man. I um, was so nervous. I don't even know if you, I think I even mentioned I, it. I was you like, talked about it for sure. And I've known Bruce for a few years, but just through friends. Yeah, yeah. Or like in green rooms at shows. We've never really had a conversation, which I didn't even realize until he was sitting across from me. And then I was like, I, I was so fucking nervous. It was the same way when I interviewed Weird Al. Oh, yeah. I went to his house and I was just like, that would be, yeah, that would you be can different. hear it in my voice that I was scared. Yeah, no, it was good, but it was great because 
it almost got me back into like, man, I got to look up all things Canadian. Like I love that oh. stuff, but s- the stuff that he's been up to and those guys have been up to, I'm like, I got to go buy his book. I got to go oh, watch. I got to so go good. one of their live shows. Like I got to go see his live show. I, I his love book it. is I great. His, his last book is great. His album. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, shame, shame based man. Shame-based it man. is so good. It is so funny. Really? It's so I inspiring. It yeah, I so, got to check it out. Oh. I and when yeah, when you talk talking about like he really probably this is awkward like he probably was just personally my favorite on the show. Um but it's like you said they're so, like all equally well my wife and I because that's our go-to yeah. lunchtime show. Oh, it's if so I good. have need to watch something during lunch and just something quick I throw on an episode and we'll always like, oh man, Mark McKee's my favorite. No, you know what? Scott Thompson really is the most. No, they're all you know superstars. what, Dave and like it's we kind of. So you must love brain candy. I, you know what? So I almost I was like maybe on air or off air. I I need to watch it again. I watched it when it came out in theaters because I was hardcore since I was a teenager. Yeah, fan of the show, brain candy. I was like. Oh, it's weird because it's a feat. You know, they do great with sketches and it's a further narrative that when they have to focus on those parts and hearing Bruce talk about it, I was was like, yeah, I can see there's, there's parts of it. I absolutely love cancer boys. One of my favorite things, but uh, but my bones are marrow. My My marrows. My marrows low. low. (laughs) Did you see (laughs) me? Did you see me? The doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Um, I love it, but I don't, I mean, I certainly love the show, I think more, but I need to get back and watch it again. Um, I remember the first time I went to Toronto, which was like 2011. I'd never been to Toronto before and I went for the film festival and I was just, I was so, I had such a feeling of contentment just walking around Toronto. I knew nothing about it. I knew the kids in the hall were, from, and I was just like, is that where they did it all is in Toronto? Yeah. Okay. Like just walking. I would through. love to go there just to kind of like, Ugh. see, like I have such a love for that area because of that show. It's like, I feel so... like I know so much of, I say Canada, I guess. Toronto. Yeah. I love because it. Because of it. Have you been to Toronto? I've not. I, I don't think I, I have. I've been that... to all, like, a lot of the other places. Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think I've been to Toronto. I've only been to Vancouver. You have to work in television to go to Toronto and yeah. hire me for that. And I just went to Toronto and uh, I've been to Halifax, which was Nova Scotia, which is yeah. bitching. You've never been to Montreal? No. It's awesome. It's beautiful. I want to go. There's a, a like comedy festival and I've never been asked to do the comedy festival. Well, you just have to me. get funnier, dude. No ask <laughs> Maybe I can do a live podcast in Montreal <laughs> with John Heater. I'd do it. Who is my guest, by the way. We I haven't know, we mentioned that yet. Right Thanks for doing this, John. Thanks, dude. We've been trying to do this for forever. Um, <clears throat> but I think when I first started asking you, you guys were about to have your kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had we had just had her, I think. How many four. kids do you have? Four now. Whew. That's yeah. uh, What are the age? What's the age range? Uh, our oldest just turned 10. And our youngest, and then there's a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, and then oh man, you've got every. Oh. I don't, I don't ever want kids, <laughs> and it's not. I yeah, it's I, and it's weird. It's never been a thing where I was like, well, there's one moment, but like for the most part, I've never had that. Like 
I just, I gotta have kids. And I also, I can just barely take care of myself, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. And and that's what you learn. It must be terrifying, right? Oh, yeah. Your first kid was probably terrifying. I think the biggest thing, well, for me and parenthood is like, I knew, I was just like, I guess I was just born that way and we're just raised that way, like knowing since I was a kid. This is going to be like my life. Like I want to have a, I want to have a family. Yeah. I'm going to have kids. I can't wait. It's my like in my DNA to be a dad. Sure. And I knew that. Yeah. And and so I, th- I guess I always felt like I had this like built in knowledge and kind of skill set and thinking yeah. it's going to be a breeze because I was raised by great parents. Yeah. And I have my own set of like yeah uh, standards and ideals. Yeah. Um. It's so freaking hard. Like, it is <laughs> so hard. Like, I, I feel like I, I, I nail, like, so many things, but, you know, just especially with the oldest who's, you know, the first, all the, the younger kids, we're like, yeah, we've seen this happen already with our oldest. So our yeah. oldest is the one we have the hardest time with yep. because she- It's a series it's, of firsts. girl, first of all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, but every girl everything is a series of firsts. With yeah, them. yeah, it's a series of firsts, and it's just like, oh my gosh! I mean, I knew this would come, but who? This is God, I don't just know. Wait till it's they're so teenagers. It, no, I mean that's yeah, that's my. But she's a ten year old, but she acts like a twenty. Like she's already <sighs> throwing away. Like she, she you probably have never heard of Shopkins. Shopkins. Yeah, exactly. No. It was just, it was a fad. I don't know if it's still like a huge fad, but it was. It was like for a few years, these tiny little plastic toys that are like characters shaped out of food and stuff, whatever. What? It was a little thing. It's like so many, it was a fad, like things that you collect. Kids love it. Yeah. Her age. That was probably the quickest fad I've ever seen her go through where she was everything Shopkins. She wants she wants it all. And she, and yeah. like for birthday, for Christmas, just give me Shopkins, whatever. And it lasted probably about a year. And now, she, and literally just like a couple of days ago, we were cleaning out her room. and With her? With her. You I didn't do. just surprise This is like a big hey, thing. Hey, guess what, honey? We got rid of all your Shopkins. <laughs> we sold no. them. And that's what, what it, that's what makes her happy. No, I, I, it's a big thing with cleaning. I'm a kind of a clean, at least in terms of organizing my kids' stuff. Uh-huh. And it's also one of the hardest things for me to do. When I sit in my boys, my kids, any of my kids' rooms, and I'm cleaning out their toys and I see what they don't play with anymore, and I have to put it away, I get, that's... I get so emotional. Like I get so. I remember when I bought this. I'm for a you. huge nostalgic <laughs> person, and everything's about memories. And yeah. like buying this, and like when I see old like drawing books, and I'm like, I just start my lump gets my my uh, my throat gets lumpy. You get a lumpkin, and I, in your I throat. sit there. I sit there, and it's hard. It's like yeah. it's such a rewarding thing, but it's emotional. I don't know. It's it's a roller coaster of emotions. Um, yeah, <laughs> and she's I... getting to that age where she's just getting rid of stuff. Like the faster. only time I was like, maybe I should have kids was when my dad was dying, and I was like spending so much time with him in the hospital, and like my brother and sister and the rest mm. of the family. I was like, oh man, when I die, there's just gonna be nobody there. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of scary. I was like, maybe I should. Hey, dude, I'll I'll be. I mean, <laughs> if you. 
if you're close by. I'm not leaving the L.A. area. Yeah, if you're in L.A. and I'm around there in town for an audition. You'll come hang out with me in the hospital? Yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. This is a binding social contract, this podcast. I totally would. I like hospitals. John. Magical. John's going to (laughs) come sit by me while I fucking die. (laughs) You slip away from this. Uh, but then, but then I'd existence. like, I'll sit on a plane and hear kids and I'm just like, yeah. And know. then you're like, you're like, hold, I'm fine dying hold alone. Hold true to that. <laughs> I'm fine dying in an apartment by myself and the neighbors smelling the, oh. hey, what's that fucking, what's that smell? Let's go check on Steve. <laughs> it's oh like, no. Just don't tell me you're ever going to be like that guy. I was on a plane. This is my awesome Richard Greco story. Nice. I was coming home, uh, and um, I was. We were right in the very first row of first class, and Richard Kiko was uh, standing. I mean, was in the seat right next to me, mm-hmm. and so we kind of exchanged a few words, blah blah blah. Uh, and then, and I'm sure you've had this, you know, where you're kind of. It can be awkward. It can be really rewarding. I've sat next to people who I like love. And then we had a great conversation, the whole plane ride. Yeah. And, but with anybody I love, especially if you're, you know, when you're flying, you want to have those moments of like, okay, now it's time for me to just kind of zone out. Yeah. Fall asleep. Yeah. But, and, and it was no problem with him because I could tell he was like not having anything. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but you know, and we're kind of talking a little bit and then we kind of separate and they're getting ready for lift off and all the stuff. And there's a woman with her, child of like just two rows back and the child was like you know being screaming. honorary and a little uh, screaming here and there and it was one of my favorite things to hear is richard doing this awesome grumbling mumbling just uh, just i could not tell uh, just curmudgeonly Every, every other song, but you can hear me. Just, just <laughs> you can catch certain words. Just, uh, freaking unbelievable. It's like first class. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody else. Just why bring your kids? It was. I was dying. I was, but I was dying like inside and laughing. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, my friends would love this. And yeah, um, I almost wanted to record on my phone. But it was oh, weird because oh, it's kind of one of those God. things where he's doing it, and I'm like, are you? Like making it just audible enough for me to hear. Do you want me to join in? Hear this or yeah? Is he just like expressing his, cons- you know, his his opinions into himself, but in a way that yeah, maybe if it's it's out there and if you want to hold on to it and join in, you can. By the, the way, invitation. Richard Grigo could be the loveliest person in the world. Oh, I have, he, I have he, also been in that situation. Oh, it, wasn't on a, a it was. It's not a slight against him. I thought it was yeah. just so funny, like having that reaction. I mean, you know, I've been there everybody. too. I have been in a. I've been that guy who's like, oh, really? But then I, but then I always like a few minutes into that, I'm always like, I don't have to fly with them. I'm like those poor parents who are probably. See, I'm on the opposite side. I feel like I have to. I have no. I cannot complain at all. I like. I'm not allowed to because I have kids now. I, you know, my kids are pretty good, but I'm sure. And there's been times, and there may be times in the future. So I and I merely go into empathy mode where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know exactly. See, what I can't imagine flying with four kids. It's actually can be fun at this Ooh. age. We're gonna do it 
later this year in October, and we're my wife and I are just talking about like that'll be fine, right? I mean, it's the th- it's the youngest that's at that age where it's like you know they're yeah. crying it's where that's where we're gonna worry about because the other three are gonna be they love it because they get excited they like the idea yeah you either give them activities iPads or coloring books sure. or snacks. And they love it. It's like taking a big bus ride, and they love it. Kids aren't afraid of flying at all. It's amazing. No, they no. My, they don't realize. My young, they're my, not. They don't know about their mortality yet. <laughs> my three year old, he's always every time he sees a plane, I, I want to go on that plane. I want to go on the plane. I'm like, yeah, we'll go. Sometime. I used to love it. Then I sorry, <laughs> I used to love it, and then I be I, I shouldn't be eating on no microphone. We'll just I used to love it. Me first podcast, and then I had eating. a panic attack on a plane when I was like 21. And I really mostly didn't fly again for like 10 years because I was so scared of flying. I was scared of having a panic attack. So you're still kind of like. No. Then I flew. I had a flight. I was going to New York for a comedy festival to open for Sarah. And I had the worst flight of my life going to New York. The most turbulent, terrifying flight. So when I got to New York, I was like, I can't fly back to L.A. I got to figure out another alternative if I have to rent a car and drive. Then I was like, that's ridiculous. I can't do that. I'll f- I can't do that. Rent and a then, car from New York to LA. I was like, I'll take kids, a you'd train. Have, uh, you'd have guests with you on your uh, road trip. I was like, I'll take a train. I was like, oh my God, I've never been on a train in my life. This will be fun. It'll be romantic. I'll have my laptop. I can write. I love that. I'm romanticizing it. I'll be like Jack Kerouac. I'll get, I'll write, I'll work on this script. now a foamer. Oh my God. A what? A foamer. What's a foamer? (gasps) Oh my gosh. That's a whole nother conversation. Foamers. I learned about this a couple of years ago. People who are like hardcore train enthusiasts, like love trains so much. As far as I understand, that's where the term came from. They love trains so much they foam at the mouth when they see a train. But that is... Is that a real term? It's a real term. Foamer. Foamers. Look it up. People who love trains. There are a couple famous... Whoopi Goldberg's a known foamer. Uh, But... Why? Uh, like they will only ride trains. But why trains? Because it seems like you could foam at the mouth for anything. Like, yeah, well, I'm a I foamer mean, for yeah. model airplanes. But then you're just a model airplane enthusiast. I guess because there's enough, like people really get into the train so much that that like was the first. Peter know. Dinklage and the station agent. Did yeah. you see that movie? I haven't seen it. Oh my but God, I can it's so only good. Guess. Bobby Cannavale um, and is he a big train enthusiast in it? Uh huh. Oh, okay. It's really awesome. I mean, yeah, trains are awesome. I, I'm not foaming yet, but I didn't like it. Oh, you didn't like I, so it? I, so you did it. So I was like, I'll, I'll get a ticket. I'll get one of my own little private, one of those tiny little private rooms. Yeah, and I'll just with write. A, obviously with a window. And- yeah, I was like, I'll write for three days, and it'll be awesome. So I get into the train and I get into my little tiny room, which is really tiny, by the way. It's like, I mean, trying to guess. It's a little bit wider than your own body. Like it's that tiny. Oh my gosh. And by the way, not at all like a cart on the Hogwarts Express. No, there's like two chairs facing each other in this small room. And one of those chairs, I don't think I'm wrong, but one of those chairs, I believe, turns into a toilet. So I you could, could wrong, fit two people in there? You could fit two people in there. It would be uncomfortable. And it possibly turns into a toilet. So within 20 minutes of leaving, what is it, Penn Station or wherever? Yeah. In, in uh, Grand Central Station in New York, 
20 minutes into it, I was nauseous because the train goes side to side like it rocks and I get motion sickness sometimes. And so I couldn't look at my computer because I would get motion sick. So I had to look out the window. Anytime I would not look out the window, I'd start to get motion sickness. So for 18 hours, I just stared out the window furious that i had gotten Did you have, like music or something to... no no podcast to listen to i don't think i was listening to music or any i was just staring out the window <sighs> for 18 life. hours 18 hours later we get to chicago where i'm supposed to switch trains and um so i get off the train and i'm waiting for my second train and i was just like this isn't happening and I walk out of the train station up into Chicago, so no planes, which I had never been in Chicago before. What? I'd never been to Chicago. I feel like you go everywhere, Steve, isn't that? I don't. What? And and so I walk out that. into Chicago and I'm like, I'm going to stay here for a day. I've got a hotel room. And, and then I booked a plane flight out of Chicago to L.A. So you got back into the idea of the plane. Yep. Got on the plane, flew back, still landed in L.A. sooner than that train would have gotten there. Of course. That's a three-day ride. And uh, it was a turbulent flight, and I didn't even care. At that point, I was like, this beats a train. So the trains did it. Interesting. And I haven't been afraid of flying since. I wonder if we're going to we, – we keep talking about taking the kids on, like, a really cool train ride. Like, And I'm sure what we're going to look into is probably a little bit more – Yours oh, yeah, is they have probably more room. practical and, like, all right – this is just for commuting and for your traveling. Yep. We want to find a fun train that's like they cater to you and yeah. you have a bigger s- space and probably only goes like rides for like three hours. Yeah. So I was just, I haven't had a problem flying since I will, I can be Weird. in really bad turbulence now with a smile on my face. I'm like, at least it's it ain't a train. A- <laughs> I was like, I can the fly train to New York. It's the sickness. It's not like you're scared of trains. It's just no, no, the nausea. It's, it's nausea. And yeah. I was like, I can fly to New York now in a very turbulent no, no. flight. And I'm like, I'm going to be there in a few hours. Really? Even with that hard, man, hardcore turbulence, I think and no matter who you are, it's still scary. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> I'm like so. Oh, I love it. I love that. that tra- I am not a foamer. Not a foamer at all. Foamer. Yeah. I have never. I have to look this up because I still look don't it up. believe it. Oh my it. gosh! There's some videos online you you'll know find that are I'm amazing. My one of uh, a friend of mine, his dad, like he runs it, and he's the one who kind of educated me a little bit on this. And and there, yeah, there are people who will book. There are some really big foamers out there who. That's the only way they travel. They have like their own boxcar on like you know certain lines, and. Yeah, that's how they do it. And I don't know if it comes from a fear of flying, and so I'll only do trains, and oh, I've only been doing trains, so therefore I love it, or yeah. if it's simply like, I love trains so much. Flying's fine, but I love trains. No, and the station agent, Peter Dinklage, he he, he it starts out, he works in like a model train store, you know, with this old man, and, and I think the old man dies and like leaves him like – a train station like not a train station but like you know like when i did take the train from new york to chicago it would stop the train would stop like every hour it's but like small that like looked a, like subway station would people get on and off yeah yeah, it, yeah. these things that look like just a, a little stand on the side of yeah, the road yeah 
So he let, I think he leaves him that in the movie. And so Peter Dinklage goes and is living in this like little train station. It's really cool. But he's, he also like, I guess he would be a foamer because he like videotapes train, like he, he videotapes trains driving by and stuff. Like he's, and goes to meetings. They know all the different kinds. They, um, yeah, they get really into it. Okay. I began hearing and seeing the term foamer quite often. In fact, one person who uploaded a video to another website referred to TF09 as Foam Fest. More recently, as I sat at a rural crossing waiting for NKP765 to make her way yeah, to Bellevue. That's a beauty, by the way. Not one. <laughs> to Bellevue, Ohio. A fellow ra- rail fan, rail fan, asked me if I would be in front of him in the middle of of or at the end of the line of NASCAR foamers chasing the train. What's a NASCAR? What are you reading? I mean, I know you're on Google or something. uh, Trainorders.com. Definition of a foamer. Oh, definitely. And it's like just some, ah, like, well, Someone transcribed audio of someone. While I understand the NASCAR half of his terminology, I'm still ignorant as to the origins of the foamer half. Therefore, I must ask my fellow train order members for some help. If I were to look up the term foamer in Webster's Dictionary or rail fan slang terminology. I'm assuming NASCAR foamer is like someone who loves just NASCAR. I mean, you could say... It's like you said. You could. Say, I'm a video game foamer. I'm uh. So this person is in this Pilates forum asking foamer. what form foamer means, and every single person is one that foams at the mouth when they see a train. Yep. Another person foamer, a person who loves trains and never gets old. Well, trains never get old. Like the person gets they, old. No, no. I think foamers are also immortal. <laughs> Yeah, they're Highlanders. They're Highlanders, they're, but there's a lot more than there are Highlanders. There, there can, can only be, be only a Highlander. thousand. They can only be <laughs> a thousand, and if there's any more, then they have to go out and cut off their heads. Uh, a foamer <laughs> is a first cousin of a worb, a wide-eyed rail buff. <laughs> wide-eyed. A foamer worb? is a first cousin of a worb. W e r b. So, a wide-eyed rail buff. So what's it? So is that someone who just likes? Because there's probably people who love to stand on railways, don't like to ride the trains, just love watching the trains. A foamer right? is an overly there's enthusiastic, embarrassing to be around, make a fool of himself rail Steve fan. I have never heard of rail fan. No. Werb. Wide-eyed rail buff. That is awesome. Tell me this, Steve. Do you? Is this a podcast where you have like? Uh, back and forth with your listeners. Do you have like answer fan? Do you get fan mail? Do you get questions? Do you have? Forms? I can tweet right now. Tw- anyone who wants to ask questions yeah. for. John. I didn't know if you have any like foamer listeners who are like, oh my gosh, these guys are idiots. I would love to be on there and talk shop and like really clear. Um, the I'm gonna write a tweet right now. Recording. <laughs> I love the uh, relaxed podcast. Podcast. He's just tweeting live with. Is it, what's your, it's John. My handle? Oh, uh-huh. sh- John if you want to waste your time. It's at Heater John. Oh, that's right. H-E-D. Hard to ever get on there. There we are. <laughs> Send. While uh, Steve is doing that. Yes, I'm say something. comment on, oh, this isn't your office. That's right. This is just a sound studio. I see all these weird models, like naked models. No, so this is the Starburns. Yeah. Uh, studio. This yeah. is where they write Rick and Morty upstairs. Oh, that's awesome. They record the audio in the 
in the main studio, which is right next door, which is usually which is usually where I'm recording. But someone, do you know who's in there right now, Stephen? Someone's recording in there right now. They might even be recording. No, they're done recording Rick and Morty. Um, done with the most recent season or done, done? Done with the most recent season. Okay. In fact, the most recent season has just started, I believe. Started airing. Set three? Uh-huh. Sweet. Um, so this used to be an office for somebody. And then uh, I remember calling to say, hey, can I get a, some studio time to record with someone? It might have even been with Bruce. And they're like, oh, the studio's taken. You can use the lounge. I was like, yeah. what's the lounge? And this it's is still the lounge. pretty soundproof, but not as. It's totally not. And that's a set from, is this from Anomalisa? This is all, it looks like a ton of Anomalisa stuff in here. Yeah. That's awesome. A lot of, uh, and there's a tree full of chips, if you want any chips, John. I saw that. Hmm. I had to get a muffin because I was so hungry this morning. And some chips. But yeah, so now we know what a foamer is yeah. and a werb. Werb. I like that. A cousin to a word. Rail fan. By the way, the Rail one fan. person in there was like, a, a, a foamer is a bad thing. Like, is he? A, is this how werbs talk about foamers? Like, or it's like, you know, Trekkies and Trekkers. Ooh. My, you know, you've yeah. heard of those. That's yeah. how my brothers and I were growing up. We were like... No, dude, we're Trekkers. We're not Trekkies. By the way, your your brother is a twin, right? Uh, one of my brothers, yes. I have, a tw- I have many brothers. So you wouldn't – I mean, I may have told you this a long time ago. And you've but, met him, right? Yeah. Yeah, you met him. I took a photo with your brother because I thought he was you Wait, we were at in Kimmel. Sa- it was right after Napoleon Dynamite came out. You were doing Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. And I worked on – I was working on oh, Jimmy really? Kimmel. And I was in the green room, and I took a picture. <laughs> was this before I got on to the show? Like, it was waiting before I was on the show? Because you, you would have seen the show and seen that he was not me. Yes. The, yes, you had not gone out as a guest yet. So you're like, oh, John, he's here. You go into my down, room. I walked down to the green room. And I saw who I thought was John Heater. And I'd just seen Napoleon Dynamite. And dude, I fucking, I love that movie so much. Oh, awesome. And, uh, you probably have told me this. I and I go, know. Hey, can I get a photo with you? And he's like, Sure. And then I got the photo. And then I went back up to my office and I was watching the live feed. And then you came out and I was like, Wait, did he change? Wait, that's not. <laughs> He I go, I didn't me. take a photo. So I have a photo somewhere of me and your brother. <laughs> Dude, I have to see that. I got to um, find it. Was that the ep- So that wasn't the episode where he, or the, I guess the episode, the show where he came on with me. I don't remember. I did it a couple of times. If he was there, there was one where Jimmy had us, he, he had him come on as well. So I like one segment, he just talked to me, and then like after the break, I may have had, stopped watching after the first segment. <laughs> you were just enraged. I was like, oh, I figure out how to so destroy dumb. this printed was, picture. I felt so dumb, but also I was like, this is an amazing photo because it's <laughs> not even him. That's hilarious. I hope you saw it. Um, but yeah, that movie was so. What year was that? I was two thousand four. I remember a friend of mine. Because it was a fairly limited release, like it wasn't. Well, super it started. Wide. It was very kind of one of those rare ones. It started out very limited. It started yeah. out in like 
the traditional few theaters in LA, few theaters in New York. That's when I saw it was when it was in a few theaters. It was at the Sunset Five, a Lemley's, yep, which is the yep. art house. I remember and we my, went to a screening there. My I, friend, I so my friend Demorge goes, dude, you got to go see this movie, Napoleon Dynamite. I'd never heard of it. I was like, what? And he's like, dude, just go see this movie. You have to go see this movie. So I went on like a Sunday afternoon and, uh, so I was in the theater by myself sitting in the very back. And I mean, five minutes into that movie, I was, and I, I love comedies, but I am not the person that's laughing out loud in theaters. I was laughing so loud. I was embarrassed. Like my stomach hurt and my face hurt from laughing at your character is so goof, so weird that I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, so me you and my got into it right away. Me and my friend Chris used to talk like that to be funny in school when we were in high school. My friend Chris and I was just we we would talk like just kind of zombie like these goofy zombie guys. And I was like, it took me back to high school, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it was so simple too, and like ah, uh, and. The casting was so great too. Diedrich, Diedrich Bader, who I just met recently, and have always had a huge man crush on that guy. <laughs> and scene, he's a big guy too. He's a big dude. I did a guest star on his show, his new show, American Housewife, and uh, uh, he's so funny. He's he was that guy for a long time that was just popping up in movies. He was our big star. Yeah, I mean, in that whole movie, he was. When we after we had cast all the stuff, there was like a a list. The two roles was his uh, Rex and Runkle Rico, where the casting director and our producers were like, "Okay, yeah, we're obviously a very small film. We got you know no name your dream list, but we've got to get like most independent films. They have like one or two roles where they're like, we got to get a name or somewhat of a name, yeah." Someone who has, and I mean that list of Rico and, but they were kind of interchangeable. They would be like, "Can we get Jack Black for uh, for Rex? If not, maybe he could be un- good Uncle Rico." They had Christopher Walken on that list. Whoa. They had, uh, I mean, I who else sure. was on that? Oh, they had, um, yeah, they had some crazy names. Walking for thinking. Uncle Rico, I think for Rico. Oh, yeah, I mean, they were willing. They were ready to like kind of form that character a little bit, depending on who they got. I can't even picture anyone else. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Like once you do it, then it's like that is Rico, that John Grease, um, who by the way is been acting for an eternity. He's in one of my oh, favorite movies of-, of all time, Real Genius. Yes, I knew you were gonna say. That. I knew. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, that was like Laszlo when I Holly found film. out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Laszlo from Real Genius. So yeah. I was geeking out when I met him. Um, and same with Tina Majorina, who is the little, yeah. what was her name again? It was the little girl in Waterworld. I was like, oh, you know where Dry Land is? You have that tattoo oh on your Oh my God. I only saw Waterworld once, but that's right. She's in Waterworld. Did <laughs> yeah. you ask her a million questions about Waterworld? <laughs> I'm not a million, but I, you know. She probably doesn't even I remember that cool. much. Uh, she remembered enough. She was, you know, like most kid actresses, they're older than they look yeah. when they do it. Yeah. And she was a really smart, I mean, still this very good, you know, child actor and, yeah. and newer stuff. And so she certainly remembered a lot. And, and I, 
I geeked out, but I was also like, this is my first film. I'm going to be cool. All the other people around, I'm going to be cool around them. And did you, did you get this <laughs> movie cool. because of a short film? Yeah. I don't even consider it like I got the movie. It was, it was kind of just like, there's no questions. It was, we did the short film. Mm-hmm. And, and so I knew. So it was kind of like once we did the short film. And that's where Jared Hess, the writer director, came to me before that and just said, Hey, I have the short script. It's a, it's literally a school project. Yeah. Like we will get graded on this. Yeah. Um, and, but I think, yeah, you'd be good for this role. Yeah. And we, we knew each other enough. Like, you know, so we, we were like childhood friends. Where no, you're no, like, we Let's weren't make hang out. No, together. we weren't hang out buddies. No, oh, we had met that. there at school and we were in a couple classes and I'd seen some of his stuff and he'd seen, I guess, like I had done one other student film before that and mm-hmm. maybe just goofed around in class, I suppose. Is this in Idaho? This is in uh, Utah. Okay. We both went to BYU. Right. That's where basically the whole crew and yeah. some of the cast of the film. Yeah. Uh, um, Preston, where the film is shot, is right on the border, the okay. southern border. So it's right between Utah and Gotcha. Um, so it was only like maybe a two hour drive for us to right. everybody go out there. But so, yeah, he came to me and like said, yeah, I think you'd be good for this. And we kind of workshopped a little bit and played around with it. And then we came up with the character and we had the look and everything and we shot the short. And it was, I mean, essentially, as you see it, he was named Seth Svedin. It was not Napoleon. So different name, but it was like the perm, the glass, the moon boots, everything. And then he was just, I remember soon after the short and we shot that back in 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, And right after the short, a little while after, and it started getting a little bit of attention just in our films student community. Yeah. Like at college, friends, family, yeah, people yeah. were like, oh, it's I got a little bit of a cult yeah. following. And, but just, you know, you know, it didn't have distribution. Nobody knew what it was. It played at Slam Dance. Um, what was the short called since he wasn't Pe- Napoleon Dynamite? Well, was, the short was called Peluca, which is Spanish for wig because it's all based on like the story of <laughs> Napoleon getting a wig for. Right. Well, his name was Seth. So getting a wig for his friend, uh, Pedro. Yeah. Um, That's right. So we did that. And then he was, he always knew he was going to do a feature film that was essentially about his misadventures based on a lot of his life growing up in Preston. Right. Because he grew up as a high schooler in Preston. Right. Jared Heston. And he wanted to do something similar to the short that we did. Yeah. But he wasn't even sure if it was going to be the same character. Just like a lot of these weird characters. After we did the short film, he was like, Yeah, we have, we got a character here. Yeah, that character. He's so going to be the lead, and we're going to have, I'm going to bring in his brother, his uncle, a <sighs> girl, Pedro, we'll have again, um, grandma. I mean, that's when he kind of littered it with all the other. I worked with the woman who played grandma. Yeah, like yeah, Sandy couple, Martin. Yeah, she was oh awesome. My gosh. She was perfect. She's so funny. I mean, everybody was perfect. Yeah, that was but, a well-cast movie. So, yeah, when really, he's just like, yeah, I'm thinking about, like, next summer, we're going to shoot this. You game? I'm like, yeah, of course. And that's all it was. I mean, he sent me the script, and I read it. I was like, oh, my gosh. I loved the short so much. I was, like, reading a feature of all this goodness. <laughs> I remember loving it. Yeah, just it. Ex- an expanded world. I was just like, this is so, like, I was just, this is perfect. This is so good. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to 
shoot this and bring this to life. And I'm so curious who he's going to get. I knew Aaron Rule, who plays Kip. Yeah. We both knew, like, he was friends with Jared, good friends with yeah. Jared. He was a student with us. So him and I were the only ones, really, he knew, all right, these are g- going to play these guys. Everybody yeah. else, we got to cast. Oh, my God. Um, it's, I'm so fascinated. I'm fascinated by movies. I, I shouldn't say movies. By, like, two movies, yours and Bottle Rocket, that were originally short yeah. films. But yours makes more sense coming from a short because there was a narrative, at least, in that. <laughs> in the short from Bottle Rocket, I don't know if you've I don't seen think it. I have. I must have seen it. I was it's obsessed. It's on the extras. Like, it's on the DVD extras. Yeah, I must have seen it because I was obsessed with his it's, stuff. It's um, black and white, and it's what you would think expect from a student film. And, but it's like, you know. Have you seen Pay Luca? Yeah, I've the short. Seen, so totally. yeah, that's black and white as well. Yeah, and, I, and that to me is actually perfect. That's very that student. Is, that's very student it. filmy. Yeah, and but it, there's more of a narrative in there than in the the bottle rocket short is just that scene where they're robbing uh, Luke Wilson's parents' house. Yeah, it's just that, and then they're in the pinball playing pinball afterwards. Okay, and that's really it. There's really no yeah, narrative. Probably like. And that went to Sundance, and that got them the movie. Yeah, and I, I, I remember no before there was extras on the original DVD of Bottle Rocket. I was like, oh wow, I would love to see that short someday. And then I saw it, and I was like, somebody saw this at a film festival and said this would make a great movie because the Dignan character wasn't even as Dignany as he is yeah. in the movie. I was like, boy, someone uh. really had a lot of faith. It, that paid off because it, I mean, it gave all those people amazing careers, but yeah. it was, and Bottle Rocket's one of my favorite movies ever. But I was like, they're really nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you watch, you watch Pay Luca, it was like, yeah, this is just a snippet of the feature. Yeah. I mean, it really is like that where we took a scene. We actually ended up reshooting a lot of what Pay Luca's in. That was like a subplot. Yeah in the feature and we actually yeah. cut most of it out because it was kind of weird to redo it and we're like <laughs> and we don't need it because the rest of the story kind of goes without it but yeah but some of my favorite lines are from the short and some of my favorite moments are from the short so jared wrote all that yeah you had no uh i did not write it God, it seems like something because that character is so you and it seems like well and that's why i told me i was like no i didn't write it but it was yeah, it was just serendipitous. It was, it was a perfect. I was like, yes. watching it, I was like, there's no way that John doing that character did not come up with those lines for that character. You know what I mean? No, no. Jared and I just saw eye to eye, at least on this character and in this world. We we came from very similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we were both we we're both LDS. We both had a lot of brothers. We both went to scout camp. Mm-hmm. Both made videos as kids. You know, running for class president, growing up. I mean, so many things. Yeah. And we understood that world so that yeah. when he brought it to me, I was like, yeah, this totally makes sense. This is the way he performed, like Jared would perform the character for me, did his own version. He's kind of over the top, uh, really funny. <laughs> over the top. Well, like the way <laughs> he would do it. Napoleon. And so I would be like, oh my gosh, that's how my brothers and I did and still talk to this day, like especially 
when we were younger. Yeah. I mean, that's all my younger brothers. I took so much of that character from my younger brothers. Oh my just God. Just like, you idiot. Like, <laughs> I hate you. And everything's always just uh, like squinted was... eyes and just pissed off at everything. Like, everything is unfair. No, why does he get to do everything? I just stay home and babysit the retarded cat. Jeez. Tina, you retard. Yeah, Come get just some. like, I mean, it, it, I got it right away and there was no questions the direction on the film his his director's direction for me as an actor was almost he's got to be close to the same like, age yeah. as me right jared's, jared's in his younger 40s than me. Right? he is yeah well, he's like a year younger than me because so much of the stuff in that movie was so relatable to me and that it's all the well, stuff that i was into like the karate Going to the pulling your friend on rollerblades behind your yeah. bike was totally Dude, I into did that. that. I did that growing up, not rollerblades, but skateboards. Like, yeah, it's me and my here. brothers. One would be on a skateboard and you tie it to the back of your bike, and we'd skateboard surfing. We called it all the time. Yeah. Or skateboard skiing. Yep. We did Whenever that we'd too. go camping, we would do that. Um, Tetherball. Also, one of the funniest moments in that movie to me is when you first meet Pedro and you build that jump. Yeah. With the bike. Yeah. And he was just, me and my friends would build bike jumps yeah. all day. Just like, it was all about the ramps and like, yep. you just love those ramps. And the more <laughs> curve you could get, the more sweet air you catch. Me and my friends would build such humongous ramps that, and, <laughs> and we were like 11 off? or 12. So Are these bike or skateboard bike, ramps? Bikes. Okay. And we weren't, a, you know, you're not, you're immortal when you're young. Like, you don't even think about it. We would jump trash cans like, Stuff that today I would be like terrified to do as an adult. <laughs> and if I saw my kid trying to do it, I'd be like, are you no, insane? No. <laughs> are you insane? <laughs> I know. I'm around my kids way too often that I feel like, and I'm always kind of stopping my wife. Like, no, no, no we got to let them go out and go get uh, the head or at least their arm run over by a car. Like yeah, something like I just... I'm micromanaged or not micromanaged. It's just, I'm getting too scared of these things. I was like, we did so many stupid things as kids. And I remember writing my homie and my neighbor would do it. When I, we'd get out of school, he went to a different school, but I'd get home at the, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon and we just ride our bikes around the neighborhood. Yeah. That's all we would do all day. And I remember one time finding barbed wire in a field, just about a 20 foot long piece of barbed wire, just not attached to anything. And it was the coolest thing I had ever found in my life. And I'm like, we got to take this back to our houses. And so we're going to get so productive with this on our strand. Bike, we're on our bikes and I'm holding barbed wire in my hand, just holding it, the trailing it behind the bike. I'm pulling it like a rope behind the bike. And then the other end of the barbed wire gets stuck on something oh, no. and it just slices oh. my hand oh. like all the way from one side of the hand all the way to the other. Just, I had to get stitches. So I'm just right. <laughs> I'm dragging barbed wire around like a the moron. If you had told me, and if you're like, like toss the other end to your buddy who's riding his bike next to you, you're like, dude, catch this. And then you guys just start clotheslining. Like <laughs> it's like how did you like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. You guys, um, that's, I think our, I say our generation, we're almost pre-computers and, and that's th like of our generation. We talk about like, 
what did old people like? We see old people nowadays, and they talk about you know either the war or just after, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff I feel like as an adult now, especially being a dad, I'm always talking about with my friends and people my age. Is just like, is that kind of why can't we go back oh. to those days? Like I still truly believe. I grew up in Oregon. I grew up in this neighborhood. Where in Oregon? Uh, Salem. Okay. And I lived in Ashland for a very short. Oh, really? Uh huh. That's awesome. Um, way farther south. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Way the farthest south you can yeah. be. And but I remember still thinking like this is the best neighborhood that any kid could grow up in mm-hmm. because it had hills for anything you wanted to do. We'd ride our bikes through the neighborhood, and probably like everybody else, I feel like who had an awesome neighborhood growing up, it had the the uh the neighborhood woods where you know where it ends and then you have the wooded area orange groves for us yeah oh, so yeah, we had the little groves, w- yeah. woods and you know you get off your bike saying you go into the woods and i remember finding the first time i swear i've talked to so many people who have the exact same store why was it always in the woods where you'd find those metal boxes filled with nudie pictures yes it was but oh my god i remember dude. the one i saw was not <laughs> porno it was not pages ripped out of a playboy instead it was like these polaroids or photos oh wow of someone's like personal photos it was like a biker gang all i remember is like there was these it was nasty it was so <laughs> gross and even at a young age i didn't even know what to think of it i wasn't like i wasn't yeah. turned on was it this i was just like this is forbidden this is also really scary and like whoa what is this yeah and Anyways, yeah, like when you said mentioned the barbed wire, that's kind of like got me thinking. Like, oh. that's what you do. You go to the creek and catch crawdads. We literally yep. catch crawdads. We had at the them. end of my street, you know, about three blocks down, the street ended. And this is Southern California, so it's like the orange industry used to be huge. Now, where's it's all, this? Where'd you? Now it's all in Florida. This is in Riverside, Inland oh, Empire. And Inland Empire used to just be just miles and miles, acres and acres of orange groves. And um, so right at the end of my street was just orange groves for as far as the eye can see. And one day, and we would go and play BB guns and play war. And we rode our bikes out there one afternoon and we were hiking like way into the orange groves, farther than we had ever been. You know, that adventurous feeling when you're a kid and you're like, I've never been this far away from my house. And we've, there was a shack. We found a shack. I mean, it was, I mean, not, there wasn't plumbing or anything. It was just a shack. Yeah. It was probably the size of this room that we're in. Whoa. And we go inside of it and it is floor to about knee deep of magazines, all kinds of magazines. Like someone was recycling. They were throwing all their old magazines in this. So the whole room was about three feet deep of magazines. And we just started going through them and we, probably found like hundreds of nudie magazines and we were just like never seen this before and we're like what the did this become like a return point where you guys were like do we got to go to no check no we immediately went back to his house got like three two or three uh like hefty garbage Totes sacks of- like the 30 gallon garbage sacks the big ones for leaves and stuff went back out we filled them Filled all three hefty bags with porno magazines. The pornos. You guys skipped over the red books and the- <laughs> No, uh, no. The highlights magazine. Ranger Rick. We filled You guys, them. I'm, I'm holding on to this Ranger Rick. This one is about belugas. I'm, and you then, guys know I have a soft swap for belugas. And then we just dragged these. I mean, they were 
I mean, they're like probably 40, 50 pounds now. We'd drag them across the orange groves to a different side where we knew no one ever went. And there were also like palm trees out there. And we would, we hid them underneath the, the fallen down palm fronds. Like we just hid them. <laughs> well, and the so. The bags. You kept them in yeah, the bags. Yeah, in the bags. So they're waterproof too. And we would go, you know, a bunch of times a week after school. And we would just look at naked women and just be like, wow, that's. I just remember thinking this is the greatest thing ever. And then one day we came home, came home from school. I called Stevie Gerdo. That was my neighbor, Stevie Gerdo. We got on our bikes. We rode out to the orange groves. The orange groves had burned down. There was a fire. And we were like, no. We ran through just the smoldering. Just you guys are walking over through the and, like, ah, Robert ah. Duvall in, uh, in, in uh, Apocalypse Now or just like over the wastelands of napalm. And we get to the palm trees and we they're just shred. Everything just is just burnt. burnt. Wow. It was, it was for the best. It was a rite of passage. It a, yeah, it was for the best. Um, it's time to say goodbye. Ah, being a kid was the best. It was like... Yeah, I mean, it's the thing you just hope for and dream for now. Like, we live on a cul-de-sac, which is, like, mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. And we have, like, and my kids almost every day will go out and play with the neighborhood kids. Like, right now, I'm getting a little taste of that. Or at least my kids are kind of getting a taste of that. And nothing makes me happier seeing, like, okay, they can go out. They'll, they're kind of, my son is yet to still learn to ride a bike. Yeah. He's kind of holding off. But, yeah. but essentially yeah they're going out they're playing guns and swords they're running around uh i'm always like telling my daughter like if you want to go see if that friends home go hop on your bike and go see it because we're in a still pretty good neighborhood and i just it was just so cool living in a pre-computer world where you get home from school and you go outside and play and you just you have nothing else to do or you say mom i'm bored and she's like go out and play yeah. Go out and play. That's just a thing you could do as a kid. Yeah. Go build little boats out of popsicle sticks and float them down the gutter when it rains. And- we, yeah. You have your little uh, boat races down this. Uh, we would do it down the. Cr- we had this creek that ran through our neighborhood. Nice. We had a little place we called my brothers and I ended up nicknaming Monkey Land because it was right <laughs> just down the hill from our house. And we'd go back there, and it was had all these awesome branches, overhanging branches cool. from these old things. And we would, like, hang from them and jump around, and it became our little hangout spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything in this neighborhood, you had every single thing you could think of in terms of you have the old dilapidated barn. Yep. I mean, there was a barn. This is a residential neighborhood, but yet, right next to my <laughs> grandparents' house, who lived also in the neighborhood at the time, there was this, like old barn yeah so we'd explore in that we'd have at the end of the road of the main neighborhood the old uh woods yeah and then we had up on the hill you take there's part of the streets you take this long winding road up a hill to the white mansion that stood up top (laughs) that felt like it was looking out over everything it was like where the rich people live yeah they have a man it was like now we could understood when we played mash we understood that that's a mansion i mean literally it was white marble it was like they had columns in salem oregon yeah so as kids but that was it like oh that's the mansion the white house on the hill everybody knows that and come halloween you go up there and they give you full size uh whatchamacallits oh like the real size candy bars yeah yeah. no literally the whatchamacallits 
Oh, remember those? Yeah, yeah. Mars bars, watch them. Mars bars. We had uh, it was awesome. So it's also weird being a kid in an age where candy bars and stuff like that are are being invented. Like we're adults now. Those those things have been around forever. Yeah. Like kids yeah. who are, you know. 10, 12, like they've always known those candy. But I remember when the Whatchamacallit first came out. Yeah. Or, uh, like, whoa. Oh, Charleston Chew, I guess, has probably been around for a while. It's been around for a long time. I guess it was all new to me. I remember being in high school when the Western Bacon Cheeseburger came out at Carl's Jr. The Western Bacon Cheeseburger, man. I still miss the days of the four alarm taco at. Do you eat meat? Do I meat? Yeah. I love meat. I love a Western Bacon Cheeseburger. Wait, where's that at again? Carl's Jr. Oh yeah. Wait, that's been say I don't, I never experienced Carl's Jr. We don't they don't have them in Oregon. Uh, I don't think they have Are they Hardee's in Oregon? No, Do no, they don't Hardee's? have them at all. Wow. I I had known only about Carl's Jr. as Hardee's whenever it was like once or twice we went to the East Coast cuz that's it's all the east where they yeah. call Hardee's, uh-huh. right? I remember hearing about Hardee's and like, oh, and we had it and I really liked it. And then it wasn't until like I moved to California. I was like, why do they have two names? Like, why wouldn't know. it just be Hardee's all over? It must have been Carl's. like maybe whoever. It's usually like a wife divorces her husband and he's like, you can have the East Coast Carl's Jr. Just call him something else. It's two brothers. One is Carl's Jr. and one is Hardy. One's and he owns it. Hardy Jr. <laughs> Hardy's. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, I love me, of course. Uh, I loved Oregon. I lived there. I lived in. Uh, I think Ashland we talked about this before. For a year. You lived there, but it had nothing to do with the Shakespeare. You didn't. Work no, for I wasn't the- part of the Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. Uh, That's I mean, the for, only time I've been. For, for those listening, yeah, Ashland, yeah. Oregon is home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is one of the bigger Shakespeare festivals in the country. Yeah. And like really legit and really. Yeah, like, they have great. like several theaters up there. They have one this. Uh, this Elizabethan theater, which is huge. It's kind of all part of the same grounds. You go there uh-huh. and they're all kind of connected. And, and a lot of, I don't think I saw, there must be some indoor, but a lot of them were actually outdoor. Yeah. The big one, the Elizabethan theater, that one's outdoors. And there it's in the, Ashland is a really small town in Southern Oregon, but it's up at the base of these mountains. And it looks Beautiful like one area. of those little town. It looks like that town. It reminds me of the town in, um, that Steve Martin movie Roxanne, you okay, know, where he had the yeah yeah the nose. It was like the Cyrano de Bergerac uh, movie, um, but it's just this little kind of hilly town and like more like a village than a town. And yeah, it definitely feels like it almost feels like a college town, but I don't. It think is. It is a Southern Oregon University. Of, okay, yeah. is that where that is? Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. It's it's a college town. Mixed it's with college them. and Shakespeare, and that's yeah. and then a bunch of hippies. Yeah, but I I just randomly moved there for a year. Random. Yeah. And did you leave because you were done with it, or just? I was kind of done with it. One thing I found in living in Oregon was <laughs> there are very few jobs that are not just. It's either you work in the lumber industry, or you know. Maybe you can find a retail job. There's not too. So this many before stories. you became a, like I guess. Comedian. Well, I was taking classes at the Groundlings, and the Groundlings it's four levels of classes, and between the third and the final class, there's like a year long waiting list. Huh. And my girlfriend at the time, who was also on that waiting list, we were just like, "Why are we just sitting around L.A. for a year waiting for this? Let's just go somewhere." And we were like, you know, in our mid twenties. 
Mm. So it's like the perfect time to just do stuff like that where yeah. you can just like, I'm going to do something and just go be somewhere else, experience a new town for a year. So were you working there at all? Yeah, we went to or We got to Oregon. We just took a road trip and we we're like, when we landed in Ashland, we we're like, this is where we're going to stay because we just fell in love with it right away. And so we immediately rented an apartment and um, it was so cheap too. It was like $500. We had a two bedroom, big ass apartment with a balcony overlooking the mountains. Wow. For like 500 bucks. It was so crazy. And she just took a job in a coffee shop and I took a job in a phone center at uh, this place called Musicians Institute, which is, no, uh, Musicians Friend, which is basically the catalog version of Guitar Center. Hmm. And that's what I did for a year. I I just took phone orders for guitars. That's awesome. And then we just hiked and uh, enjoyed the it's outdoors. It's like the summer between, yeah, be- right before I shot Napoleon and after we shot the short. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't a planning and waiting period. I had no idea that Napoleon was going to be what it was. Yeah. But still, it was like nearing kind of the end of my college years and I went back to Oregon and I worked as a temp and it was like actually one of the funner jobs I had, uh, I had had during the temp uh, jobs was working at a lock, you know, uh, in real estate, they have lock boxes on those houses. Yeah. And so that, you know, real estate agents can come by and pull the and key out the of the lock box. Yeah. And I worked at a lock at a customer service a company that you know covered lock boxes. So if people had problems with the lock boxes or anything, they could call up the number, and I'd be there with a you know list of que- questions and answers, and then I'd have all their needs and all their lock you know boxes. answers that they needed. So like, oh well, did you try Jiggle? Did you try this? Input this code, and you should be fine. And yeah, no problem. I like. I remember enjoying you that. Loved it. I I liked it. I mean, I it was only maybe like a month or two. Um, but sitting there and taking calls and you're just, I don't know. I remember I, there was certain jobs that you just really, I always had the dream. Like, I never did. I always wanted to work at a register. Like my dream. Really? Was, yeah. I always, and I by never, register, I mean like, I never want to handle like money. a ma and pa kind of store. Yeah. Like whether it be an art store, hardware, yeah. anything, I would love to have done a store where like I always said an art store cause I was really big into art and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I could answer the question. Oh, if you're looking for that, go to aisle something. Uh-huh. But yeah, I didn't, I like the idea of handling the money and just talking to the customers, exchanging. I like the idea of that, but I uh-huh. never wanted to wait. I never, I like the idea. I never got to, fl- I don't know about flipping burgers, but doing a job at like a McDonald's. I don't know which job in there. Short order Taking check. the orders, flipping burgers, something. I I, I liked I when, when I worked in that phone center taking orders. I loved, I loved doing that because I was just like, it was just a no brain job. I just, yeah. like, all right. Well, sometimes it was dealing with people whose orders were wrong and they were mad, but I, I, it got to a point where I, it was just such the same thing every day that, and you're sitting next to a bunch of people, the same people every day. And we would try and make each other laugh by, we would talk in accents. Like, you know, someone would call in to buy a guitar and I'd be, hello, hello, <laughs> how, how can I help you? And, and just trying to make the other person laugh. And it was just really fun. Um, 
Yeah. That same year, I think the worst job. Oh, no. It was a year, I think. It was a year or so before that. No, it was a couple of years before. Again, it was through a temp agency. Yeah. So I got to experience a couple of these kind of jobs where either I really loved it or absolutely hated it. I worked at this, um, it was out in Dallas area, which is like away from, it was like west of Salem, but it's like you get into these really small podunk areas where there's not much there. But I worked at this, it was a hot tub factory uh-huh. where they were making hot tubs. Um, and it was just, <laughs> you worked in a hot tub it was, factory. it was awful because the people I just remember like our boss was just not like a happy guy. Yeah. And, and so much of it is just who you work for. Really. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I guess it's like, yeah. The, well, I think the worst part is like there was different jobs you could have there. One, I liked using the nail gun to like build crates to hold right. those. But then there was the job you could have where you're just part of an assembly line with a whole bunch of other people. Right. While you have these weird, you have the molds of these hot tubs like going around on a thing, and you're spraying, like you're spraying. Uh, what is that? The um. Um, oh shoot! Plaster. Yeah, it's like that hard plastic. That is, what is that called again? Um, shoot. Um, but it's like, man, I'm totally blanking. But it's it's like a hot plastic that you're spraying onto these things to do it. And they just had this. They had this radio that was blasting the worst country music, and and they all were into that. And I just and I think that's what ruined it for me. I was like, I hated that kind of. I hated old that country music uh, they um hang out with nobody i cared about it smelled it uh, my boss was mean and not a happy guy it was that was the worst job that was the uh and then i got to go work and then right after that i got to go work for on an indian reservation even a little bit farther <laughs> towards the beach and that was the best job we had all summer me my brother and our best friend yeah all three of us got the job and basically, we worked for kind of like a forest service. Yeah. And we would just go every day. We drive. It was a bit of a drive, like forty-five minutes an hour, which we loved because we just listened to music on the way yeah. up. And we'd park the car out in the middle of like nowhere with forests. Uh-huh. And we'd have to. They had all these baby poplar trees that they had planted, and it was our job to just weed around them and made sure that there's no weeds. Really. And that's awesome. We got caught. I remember we because we'd have early mornings. I had to drive up, and we, if we showed up, we'd fall asleep. And it was so tired. We were so tired when we park the car, and it was just the three of us. Uh-huh. We didn't really have to answer to anybody. But our one boss, who worked for the service, every now and then he would show up on a like a ATV, and we'd be like, oh, we we his like the sound of his you know driving up this long road uh-huh. would kind of startle us uh-huh. and we'd wake, wake up and he'd come up oh no no don't worry go, you know get back to sleep go what back. yeah <laughs> he'd be like no you guys get your rest don't worry about it like don't mind me just i just wanted to let was you he know being sarcastic no, no he was dead serious he was absolutely like you guys get your rest just as long as you do your job and i think because of that then we were more motivated to like actually get the work done. Who I knows been more if we were motivated to sleep more? <laughs> who was? Who knows how truly effective we were? I don't think it was. It wasn't really hard work. Wow. But I remember that was a dream job because our the guy was awesome. It was just the three of us listening to music and like just messing around with each other. We'd work in the most beautiful areas, like just these forests up in the greenest part of Oregon. I love and it. Um, one of my I favorite things of living in Oregon was. 
like every few weeks, my girlfriend and I would drive from Ashland to the coast because the Oregon coast is amazing, incredibly beautiful. But also the way we would take it, we'd go up to Grant's Pass and then go west. And at one point you, you go through the redwood forests. Oh, wow. And we would just like half the day would be us just stopping and walking around in the redwood forest. And like it was, oh, Oregon is so beautiful. But speaking of jobs, another thing I wanted to ask you about in Napoleon Dynamite was the scene where you're working with the chickens. Yeah, yeah. Had you done that before? No. Were they terrifying? It wasn't terrifying. It was definitely like, it was kind of. Did it, it must have smelled bad. I think, I think that movie ruined my appreciation of animals. That was the point. <laughs> you know, like all kids, as a child, you like animals. Yeah. Most kids like animals, or there's a, a fascination you love them. Uh huh. And I was kind of like, yeah, I like animals. The animals are cool. And then Napoleon was kind of right as I was becoming a. Uh, like an adult yeah <laughs> and, you're out of college and i'm out of co- or just i wasn't just, even out of college yet yeah but it was just about to finish and working with that llama and working with the chickens oh, they, they were gross. just stinky i mean the, the chicken farm is i mean you've been to atriums at zoos and they're the smelliest part of any zoo yeah. you go into a like a covered chicken farm if you want to call it a farm it's just those little Ugh. silos that are like, like a prison those long uh, it was the one of the worst smells ever so not only is it just rant, just awful smell it's just like you know thousands of chickens that's all lined up and but no it wasn't the worst thing i mean i kind of liked getting it once i knew that their beaks were like clipped so they oh. you know they peck at you all they all they wanted and you wouldn't it'd feel like someone just tapping you repeatedly. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And they're like wait, was that your real hair? Yeah. You permed your hair? Yeah. Oh my god, it's glorious. <laughs> it I was, always uh, for some reason, I think I've mentioned this before when I was a kid, my good friend Todd Rohe, when we were kids in like elementary school. Just showed up one day at his school with a perm. Like his mom had made him get a perm or something. Oh, his mom He's made a him. white kid, just a little white kid, <laughs> and he had a perm. And I thought it was the coolest shit. You thought it was awesome in the world. I wanted a perm. Yeah, Never they got are one. awesome now. Like I would, I would, get, I would in a heartbeat get another one if, if like a role. I would only do it, you know, if someone said you got to do this for a role. Yeah. Now there's, I mean, I would probably get, I would love to have a loose perm. Like a, I always called it like a soccer perm. Like the Jew I look like an kinda. awesome soccer player with this like loose curly hair. That would be awesome. Um, no, that the perm I had was a very tight, like that's not my favorite kind of perm, but it, it worked for the film for sure. Um, uh, we do have some questions now on Twitter. I'm going to ask you, what was the hardest merit badge you earned? <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know what they're talking, everybody knows what that's that's referring to. Boy Scouts, my the hardest one. Yeah. Oh, the hardest one. Uh. Oh. Uh. I feel like I have the answer to this. What was it? I had knots. Did you have to learn knots? I love knots. Yeah, and I did that for orienteering mare badge. Not um. Pioneering mare badge. That is a correction on my part. Pioneering, pioneering mare badges where you do knots and yeah. hitches and stuff. Orienteering is with maps and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'd say life saving was probably one of the hardest, but actually one of my favorites. Um, 
So where you, you have like, to tread water in a pool. For you're like treading water. You have to like dive to the bottom of a lake. And yeah. by, I say lake to make it sound cool. It's more like pond. A, well, they are considered lakes, but this is at scout camp. Yeah. But it's like a deep pond slash lake. Yep. But you have to dive to the bottom and like. If you're tired, like, you know, I mean, everybody has that fear of, like, just open your eyes and there's nothing but murkiness and oh, blackness. Just a and you're just waiting to find that white uh, milk carton that they filled with cement. Yes. And yes. you're just like, oh, there's a blurry white thing. There it is. I pick it up and I take it to the surface. And then you're learning. Uh, I mean, that was, it was difficult, but I love that one. Um, I remember I took, in college, I took a scuba diving class. Because there was a girl that I had a crush on, and she was taking scuba dive. I was like, I'm going to learn to scuba dive. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time at the ocean anyway, so I did really did want to learn to scuba dive. But uh, in the class, a lot of it, you know, for the first half of the semester is in a pool, which is fine. It's kind of boring. You're like, oh, I just want to uh, get out in the, in the pool. I loved it. You're like, I got to <laughs> get to the ocean. But for one of the tests, we had to go out to Lake Paris, which is out in Riverside near where I went to school. It's just this big man-made gross water skiing lake, just gross. <laughs> and we would go out. They'd take us out in a boat out in the middle of the lake, and then we'd all get out. And all the students would form a huge circle and facing inwards, and then the instructor would be in the middle. And he would, I forget what we were out there for. He was teaching us something about diving. And so he, when – he would do an example. He'd be like, okay, so here's how you do it. And so whenever he would die, his name was Les. And this actually, this guy, Les, was the assistant teacher. And he was kind of goofy. And so whenever Les would dive and go underwater, all of us, and I don't even know how it started, but everyone in the circle would just start screaming and cursing at him. Like, just for no reason. Like this, And we're out in the middle of to a lake. To see if they could hear There's you? There's people along the the shore like sunning or whatever no he couldn't even hear he would dive way down and as soon as he would go underwater everyone would just start going Les you idiot god damn it Les you you suck Les and then all of a sudden you see bubbles start to come up and then everyone would just shut up and he'd pop up with a big smile on his face <laughs> and everybody's that's really all I remember from <laughs> scuba class I remember one guy got so scared when we actually went out into the ocean that he bit his mouthpiece off of his regulator. <gasps> and we were like 60 feet underwater, and he was like so scared. That he, he was so like clenching his jaw that he wow. bit his regulator off. Um, I did learn that there is the underwater equivalent of a fear of heights. Like when you're like 100 feet down and you oh, look, and you look you up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, that's so far. You discover like you felt it. Yeah, I would look up at like 100 feet underwater going, yeah. oh, God, if something goes wrong. It's still worse than that, though. I like seeing the surface as opposed to when you're looking I've done down. a little bit. And, well, there's looking down, but when you have like, you know, clear view, you're like, okay, I'm on the bottom. I'm kind of seeing and around. And then you see a drop off and you just see like the yeah. darker blue. Yeah. That is like, oh. That is, that it's really creepy. does. And that then is... you see your instructor start to go and they're like, all right, we're going. But, yep. oh man. That is nerve wracking. And that's ev at every beach or every ocean, you know, there's like. You have those drop offs. It and gets it gradually me... deeper and deeper. And then you're like, oh, this is like 30, 40 feet deep. This is nice. And then all of a sudden it's just <sighs> hundreds of feet. Yeah. All right, let's go to another question for John. Um, 
It's the impending, impending apocalypse, and you only have five hours left to live. What are you going to do? Oh, my gosh. Um, Zelda? <laughs> well, we're so close to being the fourth divine beast on Zelda. Um, <laughs> I'd have to finish that up. Uh, five hours of the impending. Well, see, now I've got, I, I immediately think, well, what do I do with my family? Rush home to my family. Yeah, that's. I the... get in a car. Impending, did we? We know we're gonna die in five hours. Yeah. Then I guess go to a beautiful place and hug your family probably. and like, like look at, <laughs> or just dig a hole and hide it. It's like it'll all be over soon, children. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Up. When you put a time limit on it, it's that's like, crazy. Well, I'd probably get us all like on bikes. Go for a bike ride. <laughs> Maybe go near to the beach and like, hey, you guys, enjoy the world one last time. Um, uh, fair enough. <laughs> well, regardless, you're going to be with your family. That by the that way, there's or a go to you know some Italian restaurant. By the way, there's a great Canadian movie called Last Night. Um, Sarah Pauly's in it. Um, yeah, I know you're obsessed with her. I, I kind just of listening am. to the Bruce McCullough episode. Um, Oh she yeah, is awesome. Yeah. She yeah. is great, but uh, that yeah, that movie. I think Bruce and I talk about it, this movie called Last Night, and um, it's about the last day on Earth. Like, and they the cool thing about the movie is that they never say why the world is the is premise ending. that everybody knows. Everyone knows oh, the world is ending. So everybody's doing something different at midnight. The world's ending at midnight. Everyone knows, but the funny thing is, they never say in the movie how it's ending. Yeah, yeah. You assume it's like a meteor or something. Um, it's like but it's last just man on earth. No yeah. Knows why. It's following just all these different people and uh, what they're doing. Uh, really good Canadian movies. Check it out. And also, also Bruce and I, I think mentioned a show that he had a small part on called Twitch city. Yeah. I want to check that out. Badly, so Cause I good. love, uh, space. It, you'll love Twitch city. Then it's uh, really, really good. Um, is Will Ferrell cool? <laughs> You've worked with Will. He's something that rhymes with cool. Fool. He's a tool. He's a tool. I like fool better. I love using the word fool. <laughs> People are just like, you are foolish. You are doing something that's not uh, smart. It's not prudent. Uh, Will, Will's the awesomest. I know. You, of course. There's certain people where you're like. You you probably know Will, I'm sure. I've met him a few times. I don't know him super well, but yeah. you're, I'm always just like, yeah, he's he's even nicer than you would yeah, imagine. Yeah, he's just the nicest guy and just like totally laid back and. Did you already know how to ice skate when you did? Is it Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory. Um, I did not. I done. I remember thinking, "Oh, this is kind of cool." I feel like I did a lot of roller skating. Growing, <laughs> I, I say a lot. I mean, every single time I roller I, skated at some parties. That was like the thing that, or you know, sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade that you have your uh, birthday party at the roller skating at a uh, skate palace. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, and so. I had a lot of roller skating experience, and then a few times I did uh, ice skating. And I thought, you know what? I can skate backwards. I think. I think I got this. And then of ice course, ice skate backwards. Well, I remember thinking that before. Whoa. Well, I was just like, yeah, if I can turn, because roller skating and ice skating actually translate better to, uh -huh. get to each other. Yeah. Um. So then, of course, first day on the ice, I'm like, nope, I'm not ready. <laughs> I don't know what yeah, I'm doing. they they obviously gave you lessons and stuff. Yeah, we did training for sure. That was when when I met Will, the first time I met him 
was actually the first day of training on the ice because when we did, I mean, it was originally going to be Ben Stiller. Uh-huh. Uh, he produced the film. You and Ben or Ben and It was going to be me and Ben. Uh, and then he had some scheduling issues. I honestly think he was probably scared of the ice. Um, <laughs> no, he... <laughs> I remember him being like, you know, he loves taking on physical stuff, but yeah. ice skating is not easy. Um, no. But there were some scheduling issues, and and he was the one who brought this project to me. So I was really bummed when he said, I can't do it, but we'll get someone else. Um, I'm like, who? Like, I was so ready. I mean, that's how I envisioned it. And yeah. then he, he brought Will to the table. I was like, oh, that's okay, a pretty that's good pretty consolation cool. prize. <laughs> So I had not, we, we hadn't done, he wasn't part of the original table read. So yeah, I met him for the first time on the ice and it was cool because here's this very like intimidating comedic genius yeah. who I've watched growing up and, and yeah. loved and, but meeting him on the ice, I could see it in his eyes where he was just like, he's like, Hey man, you ready for this? And I'll never forget that. Cause it was like, I felt like we are literally on equal ground. And yeah. I feel a little bit more prepared. I, again, I say I felt prepared. Yeah. I wasn't. Um, he had a tough time on the ice, but we had a blast doing all the choreography for it. And, yeah. and yeah, they trained us both. They just, you know, they train you so that you look natural enough when you're really just getting on and off ice. Because all the fancy stuff, they're going to get doubles or special yeah, yeah. effects. But when, but they still want you to like look natural, like just. Going up and stopping, which is not an easy thing if you're no. not used to it. But I got pretty good. I loved ice skating. I loved it. Did you ever play hockey? I never. No, not not ice hockey. Doesn't Rosenbaum play hockey? He does. Yeah. Michael Rosenbaum, who I think is how we met. Yeah. No. Or maybe no. through Schraub. We met through Schraub. Yeah. Never mind. Um, but I think we reconnected through yeah. Rosenbaum. Um, and Janet. Varney. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sketchfest. Yeah, sketch we did yeah. uh, Better Off Dead table read. Yeah. Oh my God, how fun was that? It was, it was a dream. There's uh, for the listeners. There was there's a comedy festival every every January in San Francisco, and a lot of times they'll do like which has got to be one of the better ones, right? I've not been, been to a lot of comedy like festivals, but this one years. has everybody. Yeah, and like, it's like you a name a funny festival. person, they're there. Yeah, it's like, and it goes for like a month. <laughs> And it's incredible, and so they do like a, they'll do a lot of like staged readings of they like do classic sketches. Movies. They'll do reunion. They do a lot of reunions. Yeah, um, and yeah, they had a they did a table read of Better the Off 25th Dead, twenty fifth anniversary of um, Better Off Dead. Savage Steve, who, who was there, who was the director, writer, and director. writer, yeah, writer director, and then. Um, you read the part of uh, of John Cusack, John part, Cusack's which part. was you know I was like felt I cannot oh fit God. into these shoes, but you know they couldn't get him, so they got most of the rest of the cast. Kind of Curtis Armstrong, Curtis was Armstrong there. was there, um, and I was like, oh my Amanda gosh, Weiss. Like, yeah, Amanda Weiss, um, oh my gosh, Diane uh, plays Monique. Yeah, oh my God, and I played the 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 fat. Guy who oh, you played Ricky, Ricky, who Ricky. she was, Ricky. she was the student, the uh, exchange student living yeah, with Ricky. Yeah. And uh, you had, I can't remember, you said you had only just watched, or you had, did you love that film? Or had I loved you, it. Oh, you've seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was someone I was talking to there who had not seen it or didn't have appreciation, but I oh, grew yeah. up 
my brother and I just compiled like our top 30 films ever list. And it's in there for sure. Oh, yeah. My favorite, some of my favorite films are teen, you know, teen yeah. comedies from the John Hughes has, you know, in my top 10 list of films, probably has like three or four of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, most of those films on anybody's list is going to be stuff kind of like that kind of shaped their childhood or at mm-hmm. least they respond to the most. Because that's when you respond to something, you're more affected yeah. by that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I can remember seeing Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I remember who I saw it with, which is crazy because I don't remember that about any movie from the 80s. I remember who Steve, I was with saw- you, it's pretty, e- oh, the 80s. I was going to say the 90s and 2000s. You're mostly by yourself, I think. No, no, this was the 80s. <laughs> I was in high school. I saw it with my friend Chris and Tisha. I re- we saw it at the Tyler Mall movie theater. Oh my gosh! Uh, I remember sitting. Ha- we were sitting halfway down in the theater, and I was sitting on the aisle. On the le- I remember everything about that movie. I remember laughing so hard. Me and my friend were punching each other in the <laughs> arm while we were laughing. And this I this was Ferris Bueller's. Wow, Ferris Bueller's day. What off. was that? Eighty five, eighty six, something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. And I don't remember, remember that, that about most movies. You know, I couldn't tell you who I saw. You know, I remember, I mean, certain ones you'll remember. I didn't see tons in the theater as a child. Yeah. Getting a little bit older high school. I remember seeing Philadelphia. Ah, <laughs> but, ah. but I remember that because I was really on a with quasi date. Like there was a girl I liked. Philadelphia? Yeah. Well, it was like, I want to go. It's, it's like, I loved movies, but this was like a non, it didn't matter. I just wanted to go hang out with this girl and yeah. go on a date with her. But oh. our other friend, who, so it was like, uh, he was like the third wheel. And so he was kind of there, like, so it ended up becoming not really a date. And I was yeah. kind of bummed. But we saw Philadelphia and I like fell asleep through like half of it. Well, I, I appreciated mo- it. I was movie. also, it is. And also, you know, as a high school, I was just like, uh, this is great and all. I ended up getting like the soundtrack to it because <laughs> I think it was more of association to the girl that I liked. Like I kind of remember that all. Uh, you're there. the one person that bought the soundtrack to Philadelphia. <laughs> and it's like Bruce like, Springsteen, right? It's a lot of Bruce uh, Springsteen, yeah, and Neil uh, Neil Young, yeah, Neil, Neil Young. Um, I remember seeing that. <laughs> I remember seeing in the theater. Like, it was it's those kind of theater experiences that you remember more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Everybody has their yeah. awesome theater like memories, like. Some you just don't remember as well because you're so engrossed by the movie you just don't really think about it. I remember seeing E.T. as a kid and the movie was so oversold that I sat in the aisle. I remember that. And I remember seeing Star Wars, the original Star Wars, at the Chinese theater here in L.A. when I was seven or eight. I remember remember seeing Terminator 2 because it was the first R film. Mm Mm-hmm. That my dad took us to. Whoa. And I, he must have been okay knowing, because it wasn't really that bad of a film. No. I mean, it's still one of my favorite films. But yeah, it's great. Like, seeing that, I remember seeing, obviously it's not that long ago, so it's not impressive, but I remember the first Lord of the Rings, Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring, was a huge moment. Yeah. Because that's right when I started kind of dating my wife. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like a date night with her, but my brothers were there, and they're- significant others so it was like a big group 
And the best part was that, if you remember, if you geeky at all, the opening of Fellowship of the Rings has that whole opening that's kind of explained the history of mm-hmm. Sauron. Shows and, the battle. And, and it says all those incredible visuals that are blowing geek audiences away. And, and we're like, whoa, this is so cool. Yeah. And then about halfway through it, the audio goes out. Ugh. And we're like, what? What? But... And then we're seeing, so we're pissed, but we're also, the the video's continuing, and we never see anything like it. We're like, whoa, look at that. So we're like also freaking out because that looks amazing, but we're not hearing anything. So after finally towards the end of that prologue, it finally stops, and everybody's kind of yelling, and it's like goes dark, and the lights come up for like, I swear, 10, 15 minutes. And everybody's like, what's going to happen? And then they restarted it. So we are all like stoked because we got to say, see it. Then again. Elijah Wood came out. <laughs> That's like, right, yo. <laughs> Get off. Q&A time. <laughs> yeah, I love those movies. I just watched Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. For the first time? No, no. Oh. Again. Yeah. Like three nights ago. Yeah. That's Every now, it's one of those movies. Like if I'm cleaning my Interesting. house, Interesting. I just put it on, and uh, I think that was the best of the three. That was my favorite. That first one, yeah. Sure. That I don't know which one if, if it's the second or the third, but there was Ultimately. one that I had a problem with where the story it was like a B story where it's like Mary and Pippin, Pippin are riding around on a tree. Yeah, the that's the movie. second one. That that annoyed me. I'm like, oh, they're still on Two a towers. tree. They're, <laughs> they're still on tree beard. They're still on a tree. Once the tree started fighting Sauron and like the, and you're like finally. I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> when they released the Why dam of water. Why are they hanging out with this tree? But like it was like literally every time they would cut back to them, it was like, oh, we're all. And he talks super slow. Yeah, don't worry, <laughs> my brother. And I'm just like, oh my god, get to a fight. Someone fights. <laughs> Someone light this tree on fire. Get to. Smeagol and those guys. Smeagol kind of started getting on my nerves. (laughs) I was like, why don't you cut this guy loose? He's really... (laughs) And the only other issue I had with the Lord of the Rings movies, once Gandalf flew away on that giant moth, I was like, why don't they just fly on a moth to... Everybody everybody said that. They should have just had the eagles or those moths. Well, he had the moth, but it wasn't a moth. It was an eagle. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he communicated through the moth. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm geeking this information around. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you get the eagles to just like take him straight then we to the mountain have a story. and drop the thing? You're right. We won't have that. Then there would be nothing compelling. Yeah. Speaking of compelling, I think we've done almost two hours. Is that true? Are you kidding? This is a. This might be a record for me, John. No, I'm sorry. No, this is great. I usually am not str- great for your listeners. Like, dude, what? No, oh, no, I've no, got no. another hour. Trust me, this has been gold. Uh, I usually get to a point where I'm like 45 minutes into a podcast talking with people. I'm like, well, what are we talking I about? I don't know what. When you know. were when I was listening to your Bruce McCullough one, which again I loved, loved because mm-hmm. I love Bruce. I, I love his and all everything he was yeah. talking about was fascinating. Yeah, and there was moments though in the interview where it felt like you were like, all right. I was like, is he searching for something? It should yeah. be no problem. Yeah. Like talking to this guy. And you and it was fine. It was like you always bring up something. But when you mentioned in that where you get asked to do podcasts, and whenever someone asks me, I'm like, I'm game. I I'm remember like, I love doing podcasts. I remember there was a moment after that podcast when Bruce left where I got in my car and I was like, Oh my God, I forgot to ask there was something that I forgot to ask him about. That you wanted to know. That I wanted to know, like, 
for days leading up to it, and I was like, I can't wait to ask Bruce about this, and I didn't. You don't remember what it was? No. Nope. Shoot. And I got in my car and was like, uh. That's still amazing. I loved hearing his, uh, I loved hearing his voice. My other favorite one was the, my interview with David Dasmalchen. Yeah. From yeah, Dark Knight and uh, Ant-Man. That guy has so many amazing stories. Huh. Um, but I think we're good. Do you have anything you need to plug? No. People can find you on. <laughs> I don't either. I, oh yeah, I do. You don't, Guardians don't. of the Galaxy Volume Two comes out May fifth. Please watch that. <laughs> Plug Steve. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two at a local theater. I might be there, so find me there. Yeah. Watching it as well. Um, I'm actually going to the cast and crew screening of it because my brother worked on it. Are he, he did? He does previs. So he worked, he did previs for it, which is like- What's that mean? Animated, pre-visualization. It's, it's like so animated So he wasn't in Atlanta? Uh, not for that one. He was in Atlanta for, I think, the second, I can't, one of them. He's moved around. First but no, one he was did not London. go to Atlanta work on that. Okay. Most of the time they do the previs here. And it's, right. it's the animated storyboard. It's like- right. It's basically oh, storyboards. I was going to go to that screening too, but I'm going to be in Palm Springs shooting. Dang it. Yeah. Um, no, there's, uh, you don't have to follow me on anything. I don't, I don't care. If about you that. want to though, follow <laughs> John on Twitter. He's at heater. John, are you the same on Instagram? Yeah. I, I follow Instagram more. So I do too. Yeah. Um, I like Instagram a lot more. Uh, nobody, uh, nobody gets on Disney, but Disney XD, there's pickle and peanut. That's like my favorite show. One of my favorite shows I've ever worked on. Uh, I do the voice of pickle. So check that out. Uh, and there you have it. And there's um, other things, but you'll find it. Yeah. Guardians comes out March 5th. I don't have to tell anyone to go see it. Cause I think everyone's <laughs> going to go see it. I went to the premiere last week and it was, uh, so much fun. I've never yeah. been to a big premiere. I really? Was like, Yeah. This is the biggest thing I've ever worked on. And wow. um uh yeah, I had a blast. A my bunch wife my, this morning told me a bunch of my stuff was cut out. Oh. Yeah, I'm but gonna cut. There's still a lot of really funny I still have a lot of funny lines in it, but there was a lot and I knew when we were shooting it, I was like, Oh my god, this is so fun. And I had had so much good stuff and James would feed me so many funny lines and I would improvise some funny stuff. And, you know and then I'd go back to my second. trailer and go that had nothing to do with the plot. So when they're making cuts, that's going out. And sure enough, I was watching. I was like, yeah, I had a good I, uh, line right there. I told my wife this morning when I, where I was going. She was like, Steve. I was like, you know, Steve, you'll recognize him. Let me show. I was like, oh, he's in Guardians uh, Part 2. And she's like, yeah, everybody's in that. <laughs> it's I true. Like, I was like, yeah, everybody knows who knows James, who I know. And I was like, yeah. except for me. Um, well, he just announced he's doing the third one. <laughs> um, so maybe you'll be in the third one. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Rosenbaum's in that. And- Rosenbaum's unidentifiable in it. <laughs> He would, when we I think that was part of the contract. The only way you could get James to agree to put him when in. When we shot, uh, I was in one of the scenes with Rosenbaum, and he was in his you know space uniform, and then he had just dots all over oh, his face. Oh, is it all like CG? Motion capture dots all over oh, his face. Oh, really? And then uh, you see him, and he is actually playing a character from the actual comic books. Like, I forget, Crystal Head or something. Something weird, but like, so you see him in the movie, and... Like if you don't know that's who he's playing, then you will you won't know the movie will go by and you'll be like I didn't see him at all because <laughs> um, they kind of affect his voice and uh, 
his face is just all CG. Huh. Um, but it's a good part. And uh, hopefully, you know, yeah. it'll come back in the third one. Because I think he's part of a crucial uh, group of don't, people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch out for spoilers, man. No, no. no Not this for is me, no but I don't want you to get in trouble by the studio. But he's playing a person from the actual comic book. So That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. I think that's all I got. Steven, thank you for helping us out. Yeah, man. Uh, Sorry John. for calling you Chris earlier. You look like a Chris, man. You do look like a Chris. Or maybe you just give off a Christian vibe. <laughs> it's the mustache. It is. He's uh, so righteous. And he's wearing a watch, like a legitimate watch. Oh, so are you. Or is that an Apple watch? This is an Apple. That's not legitimate. I have an Apple watch, too. Apple it's watch not is charged, so I left it at home. Uh, the charge goes out really fast on my watch. If uh, Mine will last the whole day, probably because I'm not doing anything. It's counting five steps, so... Oh, doesn't you, have you much gotta, work to you do. Gotta start walking more, John. I know. Uh, well, thanks for doing this, yeah, dude. Man. I'm glad we. I train it. everywhere because I'm a fo- foamer. <laughs> All you foamers out there and yeah, wide-eyed rail werbs, werbs, foamers, werbs, and rail hounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we found a new audience, or maybe you and I should do a train episode. No, a whole, it's just an actual podcast. Like our own podcast that all we do is talk about trains. We can find enthusiasts, f- celebrities in that world. Foamers. And it's just them explaining everything to us every we can episode. We get Peter Dinklage to come on and talk yeah, about Yeah, like you played danger. one. What did you find in your studies? Bobby Cannavale could come on and talk about it. Yeah. We might have to talk about this. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. And um, thank you again, John. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. And yeah. uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 